Please look to the bottom of the bulletin sheet that you have in front of you to the quotation from a paper recently given uh, regarding marriage. Pastor Philip Moldenhauer writes this, Watching an elderly man tenderly helping his even more elderly wife back from the communion rail will probably do more to form in someone's mind a positive view of lifelong marriage than many sermons on the topic. I put that there to bail me out for a bad sermon today, in case that's the case. So watch at the communion rail. That's, I think that's a beautiful statement, though. Just a few weeks ago, not even a month ago, in Philadelphia, there was a horrible house fire on Christmas Eve morning at 4.15 in the morning. A fire broke out in a house of a single mom and a couple children that were in the house. And firefighters were called to the scene, and as they got there, all three of them were still in the house, the, the uh, occupants, and uh, the firemen had to break in through the doors and came rushing in. And apparently um, the woman was down on the main floor, the children were upstairs, and uh, a lot of smoke had already filled the house, a two-story home. And uh, apparently the, the firemen were able to get all three of them safely out of the house, save their lives. And um, the, uh, the mom and one of the children, I believe the nine-year-old, had to go to the hospital for smoke inhalation, but they were released that day and luckily everything was fine at the end of all of that. I can't imagine celebrating Christmas Eve like that. What a, what a way to wake up in the morning. Now imagine for a moment that you were there uh, along with the fire crew that showed up and that you were dressed in fire gear and were allowed to go in and accompany the firemen that went in and rescued that lady and her children. And you were just kind of a, there as an observer. And you were watching the whole scene and listening to his orders and directives to them and commands probably to get down below the smoke line and, and to come out a certain door and all of that. And should it have happened, I don't know if this happened or not, but should it have happened that a beam from up above was going to fall down on top of them, he would have been the first one to put his body in the way to protect them and make sure that if anybody got hurt or died, it would be him and not the woman and the children. Who's in charge in that scene? Who is the one that has the authority in that scene? Well, it's the fireman. What is his authority? Why is he in charge? What is it for? Is it for him? Not at all. In fact, he's willing to sacrifice his own body in order to make sure that they're protected and safe. Use that, if you will, young men, as a picture of how God wants you to look at your role as a husband someday with your wife and your children. God has given you authority in the home. He directly says that you are the head of the home, but it's not for you. It's not for your sake. It's not for your welfare and benefit first. It's for your wife and your children first. Listen to what St. Paul says in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Beautiful picture of baptism that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. 
So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So in marriage, God gives men the authority in their home, but it's not for their sake. It's rather for the benefit of everyone else first and for the, the general welfare of the entire family first. And so that, that authority and that, that, uh, that being in charge, if you will, is to be done in a spirit of love and care and concern for everybody. That means finding out what's best for people and discussing this with everybody in the family too. Jesus reflects this same type of a servant heart of being in charge when he says this about himself. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we benefit from that, don't we? We have a future home in heaven because of that. So really, God to us men and to husbands holds the image of his Son on the cross before us. This is the image that God puts in front of us as far as how we are to view our roles in the home and take care of our wife and our children. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Now Paul also, St. Paul here also uses another little illustration inside of this. Uh, the rest of the Bible talks about how Christ is the head and we are his body as part of the church and yet the head is always there to direct and do things for the body and make decisions for the body. And Paul uses that very same imagery for yourself. Think about your own body. Your head is so, so united to your body, you don't even think of it as being different from you, from your head. It's you. It's all one. And that's how God wants men to look at their wives. It's just an extension of you. And in the same way, you wouldn't want to do anything that harms your own body, and you want to protect that body. That's how you should view your role as a husband, likewise, toward your wife. Listen to what Martin Luther wrote about this. You husbands should dwell with your wives with reason and should not desire to rule over them with a headstrong will. You are not to use the authority which you possess as you please. You are her husband in order to help, support, and protect her, not to destroy her. And so when you think about how Christ gave himself up for his church, he he, had, he didn't have to oppress her or pressure her or force her into following his will. He wins her heart. That's how he does it, out of his love and his concern. That's how he wins the heart of his bride. So with that in mind, St. Paul goes on to say this to wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let their own wives be to their husbands in everything. Now, the world looks at that statement, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And I've even had a few brides ask me not to use that in a wedding service. And the irony is when you look at this whole picture, if you really look at the, the responsibilities God puts on the men more so than the women, it is a much greater, much greater burden. And a proper understanding of it in faith will help us see that. 
The submission that's being talked about here is not a way of being oppressed or put into shackles like a slave. It's a willing submission because someone's heart has been won over by a person's love. And that's the type of submission that Paul is talking about. He begins this whole section by saying to everybody, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Willingly put the needs of others ahead of yourself because of your relationship to Christ. So really, to the wives, the image that God holds before you would be kind of like the women who come to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. They are there to support Christ and what he has done. They're there to take care of his body, to show their love and devotion and appreciation for their Savior. Think of that as the image that God puts before you in terms of how you are to view your role to your husband. And you are there also to assist him in his role as being the head of the family, maybe even having to remind him of that at times and encouraging him in that role at times. One of our seminary professors, President Wilhelm Peterson years ago, used to say this about the passage where it says, submit to your own husbands to the Lord, as to the Lord. He used to say this to, to men. If you have to quote this passage to your wife, you are more than likely using it incorrectly. <laughs> I like that. If, if you have to quote that passage to your wife, it shows that you are probably not using it quite correctly. Now, when we think about the roles of being husband and wife, talk, talk to those of us who are married. It's, a, it's an easy place for us to see our failures and all the ways that, that we just don't live up, that we just don't live up to this kind of a model that God would put in front of us. What, what husband, what even great Christian husband can say that, that he has loved his wife like this? And yet that's the model that God puts in front of us. But isn't it wonderful that it's the same image that covers our guilt, covers all of our sins, covers all of our unrighteousness. It's the same image that gives each one of us here today the absolute certainty that by faith in what he has done for us, we will get to go to heaven. May God bless all of you in your future home life and in your marriages. And may he stir up in our hearts a desire to live according to the wonderful blueprint for family life and marriage that he gives us in his sacred word. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Today we'd like to offer a prayer on behalf of the family of Aker Pater. Uh, she is an elderly woman who just passed away. She would be the grandmother of Jason Jasperson, our professor, also Mandy Gertz, Dan's wife, and the great-grandmother of Teddy and Maida Jasperson. And uh, she just passed away a while ago, and her funeral is tomorrow. Let us pray for the family. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you on behalf of the family as they mourn the loss of Eku, your servant. We pray that you would comfort them with your love and instill in them a deeper appreciation for your wonderful grace that provides salvation for all of us. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom through faith in your Son. We pray it all in his name. Amen. I also ask you then to join me in a prayer for Friday morning. Please take your hymn book and turn to page 170, 170 in the front part of your hymn book, page 170. We'll use the prayer for Friday morning in unison. 
Abba, my dear Father, help me this morning and always that I may worship you in spirit and truth and desire nothing but that which is in accord with your will. Enlighten me with your Holy Spirit and cleanse my conscience from all dead works that today and evermore I may serve you in faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and in love to him. For you have given and bestowed upon me your beloved Son, who has made to me wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Grant also that I may not resist your grace and turn your great gift from me, but that I may receive your Son in my heart and not live to myself, but to him who was delivered for my sins and was raised again for my justification. Lord, this shall be my glory and my joy to draw from you as the true fountain for grace, strength and blessing for every good work. Do not leave me nor forsake me. Serve the Lord. 
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in his peace. Amen.